You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies, and I'm Cash. And I'm Larissa. And we are here to talk to you about Mr. Robot, episode 8. Do you, don't, don't delete me? Don't delete me. Yes. Which was, last week I wanted to say it was depressing. This week I wanted to say it was just sad. But yeah. Because there's a completely different emotion that it had me going on. I don't know yeah, about thousands you. of people didn't die in this episode, but, like, my soul did a little bit. Yes, my soul was definitely... Can we add that to the counter? Where we at, like, 4,000 plus two souls? Is, is that what we're looking at? Yeah, pretty much. Alrighty. This was directed... I feel again. like this show is called Don't Delete Me because they don't want people to delete it off their DVR before taking into account everyone's opinion on this episode this week. Yes, we. this was the first time where I actually saw a lot of... I'm not going to say necessarily negative reviews, but a lot of people didn't like the episode from what we That's I was reading online. because it's filler. Like, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It okay. was good filler. We needed that character development to happen, but it was filler. Especially for a show like Mr. Robot that's so rapid fire and has, like, eight different, like, storylines going on at once. And we have, like... Like I said, we have literally five things to talk about when we usually have, I don't know, 15,000 things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, very true. Like, I was looking through my notes and everything, and mostly everything I have is just, like, attention to detail, small little stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful episode, and it was definitely good TV. Yes. It was just, it was such a change of pace from what we've done. And, and I mean, that makes sense. They just did so much shit. They need to catch their breath. And I guarantee you while they were in production, they were like, Hey, so we just did all this crazy stuff. Can we chill on this next one? Can we just like kind of save a little bit of money and just use our attention to detail and writing and advance this plot with just the story? It's like, if any of you watch friends, um, there's an episode of Friends called The One Where No One's Ready, and it all takes place in Monica's apartment, and it's one of the most popular episodes, like, ever, but they only did it because they were like, we don't have enough money to have multiple sets. You have to, they told the writers, like, you have to come up with a story that only takes place in this room. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. Was it early yeah. in the series, or towards the end when everyone was making a million dollars an episode? No, it was season three. Um... I think that was one of, like, the episodes that, like, launched it into superstardom. Well done, writers. But right? I would say the writers on this show do deserve an ample amount of credit because they stuffed a shit ton of Easter eggs and story building into this episode. Yeah, I mean, like, there were, there were moments that were really on the nose, yeah. but giving... A character like Elliot, who's been through what he's been through, a reason to live in 45 minutes is no small feat. No. And how they we get to this roundabout way is impressive. So let's just go ahead and start off with the opening, which is them at the movie theater. Oh, man, that was such a rough scene. Like, I mean, if my dad pushed me out a window, I'd probably be pretty pissed, too. Well, hold on. I... There's a lot of talking going on, and I want, before you talk about this, what if when Christian Slater, which, by the way, amazing job acting in this little sequence. I just love seeing the difference between, like, the real him and Mr. Robot. Like, it's, like, not the same person. No. And that no. that's part of where this theory comes in. Oh. What if he didn't push him out the window? Mr. Robot pushed him out the window. They are two completely different entities, and he is apologizing in this moment for lying about the cancer, and he thinks Elliot committed was trying to commit suicide, but Elliot thinks his dad pushed him out the window, and so that's why he won't forgive him. But doesn't Darlene talk about it? Don't they talk about it? Darlene wasn't in the room. She was downstairs still, remember? Because he was running up to get the camera. Yeah, but doesn't he, doesn't he, like, she agree with him that well, the dad pushed him out the window? She, no, she said, uh, do you want to talk about it? He's like, no, I don't want to talk about dad. He never talked about the incident. I mean, that's feasible. I wouldn't be surprised, but I also don't know, like, I guess a younger version of Mr. Robot, like, his alter ego would yeah. be pretty violent. And, I mean, there's a reason he doesn't mention... 
the incident in the movie theater moment. Like, I mean, he would be like, no, I'm not going to forgive you for pushing me out a window or anything. Well, I mean, but at the same time, like, you know, it makes sense that the dad wouldn't mention it because he's probably ashamed. And if you give name to something, you're like fully taking responsibility for it, which is probably trying to distance himself from the act. But, and I mean, Elliot is a man of few words generally, regardless. So I don't know why him as a kid would be any different. But I do have to say, I enjoyed it when, when, uh, his dad goes through this whole diatribe, like, forgive me, I make mistakes, like, yeah. blah, 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 whatever. And he's just like, no. no. Like, and that no is the biggest fuck you ever. It's just like, no, get get fucked, man. Like, no, you pushed me out a window. Like, Yeah, like, uh, no. Of course I'm never going to forgive you for something like that. My arm is broken and I'm in a sling. Yeah. And you're trying to make me put M&Ms into popcorn and the candies don't mix. I don't like that. Uh, yeah. I don't like that. I don't believe the show. I don't think that's good. I'm never going to try it. I'm just going to stay here in camp. Just popcorn mix. alone. Yeah, give me salt or butter, salt or whatever. Don't. The only segregation I believe in is with snacks. Yeah, don't don't put freaking chocolate into popcorn. It's disgusting. You're an evil person. Please don't do it. Like, ugh. And I mean, ugh. <laughs> yeah. But... Okay, so then, you know, he leaves his dad to potentially die in the movie theater. And this could be the creation of Miss... Well, I guess not the creation if Mr. Robot pushed him out, but this is where he grabs the jacket and everything. And where maybe he names him for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I just... I I have a really hard time believing that Elliot just walked away that coldly because Elliot as we know him now is compassionate to a fault even when it's stupid. Yes. So I I have a really hard time buying that that scene. Like yes, he's a child and yes, he's angry, but that's still his dad. Yeah, like I have a hard time believing that and that people are going to let a little kid walk away. From a parent. And take his jacket. Like, yeah. everyone's just like, huh, whatever, I guess that's normal. Like, So, no, yeah, I did have a big problem with that. But for it to just go on, I like that Casper was sitting there. I don't know if it was air relevant or not. But it's interesting to see a Casper the friendly ghost, you know, with Mr. Robot and whatnot. I thought I it mean, played nicely. That movie was big shit. It was. I remember watching it. Me too. And, uh... But then we go, we sit down, you know, strap in everything, enjoy the ride. And then the entire rest of the episode is shot like we're watching in a movie theater. It was widescreen. I know. Holy shit, fuck you. I, I hate that because you're wasting... I perf- loved it. No, you're I wasting perfectly gorgeous. good TV. Like, yeah, it looks great. Do you think there's any symbolism to it by any chance? Um, I don't, I'm not going to give credence to the theory that none of it actually happened. Okay. Um, I definitely think it all happened. I think it's just Sammy having fun with aesthetics. I like it. I, in all honesty, like, I, I don't see any way in which all of that stuff didn't happen because like, you know, there was a point to which I would have believed that, Mm -hmm. but like, especially later on, once he talks to Angela, I'm like, no, that shit happened. Yes, but like here's my biggest problem why I think it does it didn't happen. When he's buying the drugs from uh do we have a name for him? Um Drug Addict Dan. Drug Addict Dan. When we're buying from Drug Addict Dan and I don't know if you saw the light on the ceiling. It looked like there was a white rabbit or just like the shadow of a rabbit on the ceiling yeah. by the light. I, rabbits are kind of imaginary world almost in a way like good hints that you're not necessarily in the real world you know i mean alice in wonderland yeah. like I mean, rabbits are a good thing and you're chasing something right yeah he tells ellie to take off his shirt for a wire and he spins around if you look at elliot closely he's got a pretty smooth body right yeah. You know, almost like he wasn't just shot. Because there's no gunshot wound. Yeah, but he was shot in the stomach. You don't see a stomach. 
We see he's shirtless, spinning. We see his abs clearly. They specific, okay. yeah. He even says, "Turn around and spin," and we see his yeah, stomach. Yeah, I thought it just cut off like at the chest up. No, you see his entire upper torso, and there is not a single gunshot wound. Oh fuck. <sighs> And so for a show that plays such close attention to detail... Oh, there's no way they would miss that. There's no way. And so something's off. I mean, the only thing that makes me think that something's off is that we did have some cheesy, happy score in the background. We didn't have a lot of our weird music choices that we usually have. We had a clock ticking in the background for like a third of the episode. Yeah, and it feels like there was a lot of Jean de Vivre coming out of you know, Elliot by the end there, and he's sort of, like, being positive and taking control, and we know when Elliot is positive and taking control, usually he's, like, yeah. either in or close to a psychotic break. And so I don't know how to treat it. So, like, for the most part, I want to be with you, like, yes, I think this episode happened, but also there's a lot of, like, how many coincidences are you allowed per episode in the writer's room? Uh, you're allowed to have one. One? There were more than one. There, there was a lot more than one in this episode. Yeah. And so, I don't know. There, there's definitely I mean, something iffy. the ice iffy. cream truck was also kind of a red flag for me. But also pretty hilarious. I, I did enjoy the ice cream scene. I mean, there were, there were some shots. Some of my favorite shots this whole season were in this episode. And one of them was, like, the big bobbling ice cream. Yes. Yeah. And, well, the entire final scene was pretty much my favorite shot of... Well, no, not the final scene. The Angela and, uh... Oh, my God. The dual scene where he's in red and she's in white and black. I lost... I I paused it. (laughs) I actually paused it and just, like, experienced it. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yes. we'll, We'll get to that. First, let's talk about, I guess, Darlene coming over and everything. We'll get her out of the way. Oh my god, that scene killed me. You know, knocking on the door. Well, do we want to? Do we wrap up the uh, movie theater scene? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just goes into the theater. We have our fun little segue. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So we're watching the movie. Or we had the segue and everything. Darlene comes in and just my heart's already sunk. And she's just like Angela's crippled, like emotionally. I, I guess is like, the best way to put it. <laughs> Angela is not great. Yeah, she's not a human being. She's sitting there 404 error. Please help. I'm no longer humaning. Yeah. And Elliot's good. I want her to. She deserves this. And I'm like, dude, no. Like, she does, but also she didn't know. Like... Like, at this point, it's you can't gain anything by letting her, like, you know, sit indoors wanting to kill herself. Like, like how are we supposed to feel about her, though? Like, I, I think that we're not supposed to really know. Because the thing is, is that, you know, we, she knowingly... is a really complicated character. Because just by definition of her appearance, we are told that we should like her. Yeah. She is pretty, she's successful, and she's she was sweet. Yes. So, like, you know, traditionally, oh, perfect, you know, you should love this person. But then she just does a lot of really dumb shit. Not even just dumb, terrible, but possibly brainwashed to do it. I mean, she's completely brainwashed. So, like, I'm just, I I am still interested to see how she comes out the other side of this thing. If she can. It's been three weeks. Yeah. And three weeks of not eating or taking care of yourself. Because even her hair. Her hair. Her hair has finally. was, <laughs> excuse me, I noticed that immediately. As did I. I, I have been I was on. like, are those flyaways? <laughs> I mean, her hair still is, looks better than most people's hair after all done up and everything, but there were weaknesses. I mean, her hair looks better than my hair will ever look, <laughs> but. In that moment, I was like, hey, <laughs> it's not a sleek gold waterfall. Yeah, no hair envy this time. So, wait, we're, we're jumping. Yes, we that are. Because scene is so good. But um, the scene with Darlene, what, what's been really interesting to me is Darlene has been in charge, basically the adult, for two different crises. Yes. For 5-9 when Elliot left and for this. So she didn't handle 5-9 very well because it was about her and it was about people she didn't really care about. But this, like, 
I found that people that aren't very good at handling their own shit can be very good at handling everybody else's. Everybody else. Well, yeah, because they can just take on everybody's and they don't have to worry about their stuff. Yeah. And so that makes so it a lot I think easier. That's what she's doing, especially because she felt like she had nothing before. Yeah. And now she has two people that need her. Well, and she was get, she got closer to Elliot, which, according to her, was the whole point of Five Nine. Yeah. I mean, that scene with them, okay. Also, another of my favorite shots ever, in the ever, ever, was the Fellini shot. Okay. Um, so, those of you who don't know, Fellini is an um, Italian director who was very, very influential for early dramas um, in, like, the 50s and 60s. He, this episode was very inspired by his aesthetic, mostly the scene with Elliot and Angel, uh, uh, Elliot and uh, Darlene. Darlene, So okay. especially the shot where she's like in the foreground and he's walking towards her. Yeah, sure. And it's like, um, like a medium wide two shot over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, so gorgeous. Okay. Like just. Like, because her initial, like, knock away, then step away to the bed and everything, and then going down defeated to it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, but. it's so good. Like, I think I think she's just realizing that the people in her life not only are falling apart, but have a great potential to do harm to others. Yes. As we just found out, she already knew Elliot could, but now that Angela is responsible for thousands of deaths, it's like, am I safe anywhere? Well, yeah, and I mean, like, obviously she has, you know, killed someone before, killed someone. Yep. But... And told somebody. Darlene does not want to hurt people. No. None of them want to hurt people. But she especially doesn't. Like, she doesn't really even believe in collateral damage. True. I will say, yeah, I will agree with you there. And yet again, right now, she is currently the most stable person. That's not okay. I know. Still not okay. And, like, the first time, because I was able to watch this episode twice, uh, the first time, I wasn't, like, that sad in this moment. The second time around, I was like, wow, these are definitely the biggest cries for helps in the world and everything, and this is immediately the saddest thing is he's knowingly about to talk about. He's going to go commit suicide, and he's giving false hope to Darlene right now. I know. I was just like, Elliot, you <laughs> dickbag. Like, how, how could, dare you? Like, just like all of that comfort right there, and she's like, yeah, that sounds nice. I really want to do that. And then I was like... When he said, I do too, I was like, he really... I believed him, though. Yeah. It was because, like, I really believe he wanted to. It's just like, man, it sucks that I'm not going to be able to do this tomorrow. Because this does sound like a great time. Well, and the thing that's interesting is, like, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier. Like, the problems he thought he had in the first season. Like, hearkening back to something they haven't done in so many episodes. And, like, so much life has happened between now and the last time they, you know, got high and watched... That, that movie, movie. yeah. And I love how she was like... murder? I don't remember. I'm sorry, people. We're sorry. Yeah. But, but I just uh, love how there's like, there's like, it's not even Halloween. When have we yeah. ever cared about the rules? <laughs> just like, uh... Oh, these God. poor sweet babies. But then he went and go. He went and talked to Mobley's brother. Who is a dick bag. With, like, I know that he doesn't know any better. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, the second scene, because we can combine both scenes. Yeah. The second scene with him, you know, he cut, like, Elliot Strape was like, you, like, you didn't even talk to him, you didn't even know, like, you know, you've been, like, ostracizing him in a dick, like, you know, this is as much your fault for not even trying to know your brother. Yeah, exactly, because like, I was looking at it as, like, man, if that was my brother and someone was trying to paint and label him as a terrorist and everything, I was like... I'm riding with him, like, for tell, good or bad. Tell, tell me why you did it, fam. Yeah, I'm just going to be like, so I guess we got to cover something up, or, like, we're, we're doing this. We're but at, at, at the least, I'm giving him a funeral. Like, I mean, there's just no way I could just be that cold-hearted to family. I mean, it's just like, you know, the... 
you and I are very close to our family. Yeah. But a lot of people aren't. And I really liked the, um, like the paradox between his family and Trenton's, and Trenton's family. Which, oh, once I found out how she got the name. Oh, oh. my God, I died. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, he's going to say Trenton. Yeah. And he did, and I died. I wasn't prepared. But, okay, so, like, we get back to the brother and everything. Elliot got revitalized for a moment and everything. Figured out why uh, he remembered so much about Mobley's brother. It's like, hey, so you're going to give him this funeral. You're going to make sure it's nice. You're going to invite me. Don't worry. I'll make sure you get the email. And uh, we're going to get this all put put up and done together. Well, there was just so much. Like, he was so confident like yeah. in that moment. Like, he was so just, like, well-spoken and badass. And, like, this is just the way it's going to be. Well, because he always because, is when he has the like, plan. Like, he has some sort of purpose again. Yeah, like, he went back to season one. Like, when he has all the information laid out, he doesn't have to stop and ask for their permission or anything. He's confident. And he doesn't have to worry about it. And I'm glad, like, we got so much season one personality thrown back in like it was normal. I love that he was like, don't worry about it. I hack everyone. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> don't feel special. You should probably change your password, you know, street address, even if you were a kid. Probably every not time I, Every time I watch this show, I feel like I should change my own that, passwords. That, that was exactly what I was like. Finished. I was, like, going through my head, how secure are my passwords again? Like... Yeah, okay. I don't think they're secure enough. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, always bad. Like, like now I'm going to forget my passwords for three weeks because I went and changed them all. Yep. But then, like you said, like, the contrast of Trenton's family, where he goes up there and everything, like, hey. Because did he really know her from school? No. Or, okay, I was like, man. No, he just met her through F Society. Well, I think he knew her before then, even though someone, Darlene set it up, I think. That was so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's still holding out hope and everything, even though he's wanting to move away, get out of there. Which, I mean, honestly, it makes, like, he's... Yeah. Like, the dad knows. That, In that situation, like, you're Muslim, you're being pinned as Muslim terrorists and everything. You don't want to give up on your daughter or anything, but regardless, you've been put in a terrible situation. It's weird to me, though, that they then went to visit, like, an uncle two hours away and, like, left their kid. Super weird. We'll get to that in a second, though. Yeah. So, anyway, like, that scene went about how I expected, yeah. but it was nice that he was like, thank you for saying nice things about my daughter. And it was like, cool. Good job, Elliot. And then, you know, we get on the train, Staten, Staten Island? Coney no, Coney Island. Island. Why I thought Staten, I don't know. Coney Island, sitting there. Good job reminiscing, just sitting there. Beautiful shot. Oh, we missed, we missed, uh, Drug Addict Dan. Well, I mean, I figured we had pretty much talked about Drug Addict Dan for the most part. Was there something else in there you want to talk about? I mean, I just really liked that character. Like, <laughs> just, just make a note of saying, like, really good, creepy side character. Right, so, was the third option with... Drug addict Dan just committing suicide? Yeah, it was either you're you're wearing a wire, you're trying to sell the product, or you're trying to die. So it takes that much crystal meth to kill you? No, no. It's no, it's uh, morphine. Mor but, uh, so just huh? like cuz I could imagine taking that much morphine. Well, no, like it wouldn't take that much, but you know, he would that's just I think he's probably it. referring to the fact that he's just like, give them all to me. Like, I don't care because, like, number one, money doesn't matter anymore if you're about to kill yourself. Yeah. And which also, how does Elliot have so much money? Um, I mean, I feel like E-Corp pays well. Yeah, but, I mean, he couldn't have been working there that long. Well, he also, like, lives in a real shit apartment. And is obviously friends with the landlord, as we had proven by the dog scene. Oh my god, the dog scene! When he's talking to the landlord, he's like, "There's yeah. enough stuff for the day." And he's trying to give her all. He's trying to give the guy all of her stuff because he knows he's gonna die. And he's like, "Oh, there's always that moment of doubt." And then fucking the yeah. dog is looking at him. And I was like, <laughs> "I'm sorry, I couldn't get over the uh, purple eggplant emoji as the dog's chew toy. J just the I instant." Loved it. Uh, break the fourth wall is like, hey, 
Here's a dick. Like <laughs> my dog likes to chew on. Yeah. <laughs> way, way to go, Sam Esmail. You know, throwing that to the viewers, giving us all a good laugh in such terrible times. Yeah, this was not a funny episode. No, but there was like a little, a lot of small funny moments. Yeah. I thought. So then we're at we're at Coney Island, enjoying a beautiful shot and everything, and then this little kid and comes and steals the show. He stole the show away from Rami Malek, even though he was have, acting phenomenally. I just, I didn't... You didn't like him? I, okay, he's a good child actor. He is. But he was just so annoying. Like, honestly, like, I, I would hate that kid. Yeah, because he was like an eight-year-old. It was perfect. I know, I just, I, I don't have that, that strong maternal drive. <laughs> I don't so. know, like, when they were sitting there walking, and he was walking him back to the house, and he's like, like what? Like what? Then the last one, he's like, let's talk about something else. That was a genuine, like what? And Elliot's like, I don't know, whatever. Stop asking yeah. me. And I was like, but no, he was legitimately asking you, what do you want to talk about now since you just denied him? I know. Like, oh my God. Like, I mean, I think the whole thing, like, I, I think the only thing that would, see, this is another thing that had me, like, have a problem with the beginning part is he, um... He puts off what he's doing because he knows he can't just let a kid be alone in the world. Yes. Like, Elliot is so compassionate. Very. And him leaving his dad in that moment just doesn't seem real. No, it doesn't. Like, I think that's an alternative timeline, if anything. But, um, so, you know, they get back to the door. The kid tells all of his lies. Or truths. No, because he had keys the whole time. Well, Elliot never asked him if he had keys. He just said the door was locked and everything. These are all lies of emo emission, granted. Yes. But not necessarily lies. I love that, like, this show is so topical, like, talking about the Martian. And I remember when everyone was like, oh, this is the day that he came back into the future. And everyone was really excited about that. So I like that they yes. did that day. And so, it's think about that. The attack happened on May 9th. It is now October 21st? Yeah? It's been like, not even six months. Oh yeah, no, they're having a hard 2016. Like, we thought we had a hard 2016? Nah. Yeah, 2015, 2015. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. It was they're rough. having a hard 2015. Yes, very. And like, I like how everyone's wearing masks now. It took me forever to figure out why they were wearing masks, even though it was blatantly in front of us the entire freaking time. All the garbage. And all the uh, smell and everything. Yeah, that garbage scene was weird. Well, Later. we've seen them all throughout the uh, season. I know, but the fact that they just like jumped up in a van and like dumped it in front of him and it just happened to have the jacket when we saw the jacket being thrown like it was going to be thrown onto a fire no because i was when i watched it the second time i made sure to pay attention to this it's a different container it's like a round circular one like kind of like a homeless person trash can fire yeah. but except it wasn't it was pitch black in it so like, i was thinking they were looking at like clothes and stuff like those aren't going to burn well we're just going to dump all those kinds of things on the side of the street I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, really it, right in It was a like, super serendipitous moment. Like, eh. I didn't like it, but, hey. I didn't like it. I, I, I would have believed it more if he had been walking and just, like, found it. Instead of it just being dropped off right at the footstep of his apartment. Like, right fucking in front of it. Like, I thought it was, like, Dark Army taunting him. That's how, like, like, specific yeah. these random people were. I thought he was about to be kidnapped. So did I. Like, I, mean, I was like, like, fuck, they're coming for him. What's happening? White van, like, no oh, doubt. What? And then just slides open, pushes out like a mountain of stuff. And I was like, oh, there's a jacket. And he got a mirror back. Cool. Okay. Like. But, and so like they're at the movie theater and everything. And he's like, hey, oh my God. I've been waiting for this my entire life. He's like, what? So you wouldn't understand. And I was like, oh, God, the feels. He's going to kill himself for the day, for all the day he's been waiting his entire life like, for. He literally says that. He's like, that's so weird that it's today. And yeah. it's like, oh. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, not right now. 
but God, Elliot. And so but he's like, I mean, what's it about? And everybody has a different thing, each complicated. And then at the end, it's like Sam Esmail coming in. It's like, no, guys, it's about one simple mistake can ruin the whole world. So like, I oh. know. It's like, it's like Sam Esmail was literally like, all right, all my fans are talking about time travel <laughs> and alternative timelines. Let's just put them literally in the show for a second. Yeah. Like, this episode was very fourth wall. Yes, it was. Like, I felt like he was just riding right at us, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, it just, it, it, it all felt very hyper-realistic. Yes. And so... But that doesn't mean it didn't happen, because Elliot's world is hyper-realistic. Yes. And we don't know how much of what he sees is real, but that doesn't necessarily mean what he's experiencing isn't actually happening. And he's just not the most uh, reliable narrator. No. As he's come to tell us. No. Anywho. So, sitting there watching the movie... You got it. He's not into it. He wants to watch The Martian. Which also, on that date, that was the correct Rotten Tomatoes score. Of course it was. Yeah. Looked it up. And, yeah. It's like really... Rotten Tomatoes is deeply in love with Mr. Robot, so I wouldn't be surprised if Sammy called them up and they were like, hey dudes, like, can I get this? And they'd be like, oh my god, yes. Yeah, And then, like right after, Elliot's like... He just shits on the critics. He's like, nah, they usually have terrible opinions anyway. Even though the show, critically acclaimed. Come on. Rotten Tomatoes is good. Like, I I rarely disagreed with them. And it loves Mr. Robot. And there, there's Elliot shitting on Mr. Robot for no reason. Just because they can. Like, yeah. Mr. Robot is so good, it can make fun of itself. But yeah. So, little kid runs out, leaves, and... Ellie. We have this weird, fabulous, serendipitous, like, ice cream Jewish man. Yeah. Who but happens... He's like an Orthodox Jew who happens to know where multiple mosques are. In Next to playgrounds. Have friends in both. And apparently, ice cream is still in hot demand in the middle also, of... Also, that ice cream truck was retro as hell. Yeah. And it's October. So it should be pretty freaking cold. I don't know. Like, in yeah, New York. But I, but I got that shot. Yeah. Uh. Like currency, kind of at a premium. Some people can't afford to burn their own trash, but, you know, ice cream ends to thriving. This, this episode felt like the first time the show has had fun with itself in a long time. Ever since Because this, they've been so plot driven yeah. for so long that this is like the first episode where they were just like, let's just do this. Like, cause they used to do that all the time. It reminds me of the one episode where, uh, Mr. Robot was the cop and everything and they were driving. It was like, uh. Oh, the weird, like, yeah, the weird, like sitcom family episode. Yeah, married with children episode. Yeah, that's what it was. It reminded me a lot like that. Yeah, yeah, it was similar to that. But I mean, I enjoyed goes how kind that man was, and he got him to the kid. And oh my god, the shot of the carpet, the kid, like kneeling, yeah, with the fucking aerial shot of him with the carpet. Like this was this episode was fucking beautiful. Like I, I like the whole time I was like, God, <laughs> Jesus. Well, then that then. Probably one of the most intense scenes comes up right in that heat of the moment. Someone started chopping onions as soon as I was watching this episode, this part of the episode. It's fine. Yeah, and uh, you know, like they're just yelling. He's like, "I hate you. You're annoying." Yada. yada. I, I wish you were dead. So do I. And I was like, "Oh, oh no." And the well, little the thing is, is that the kid, like, you can see that moment where the kid probably thinks like he's gonna say it back to an me. agreement. Like, yeah. "Oh, I wish you were dead too." But then the kid realizes, like, that's, like, the moment he turns, I think. Yeah. And I, I think he kind of knows what Elliot's been trying to do all day. He, yeah, but he's not gonna, like... Say it. Like, go into it. Yeah, it's like, oh, he means that. And then, so, like... So, I mean, I, I really, I thought... Okay, I thought that kid was too old to tell a stranger randomly, like, I, I wish you were dead, because the thing is, is that, like, that's something you would say to, like, a sibling, or, like, you know, someone that you get really angry at. Yeah. But at the same time, he did just go through a trauma, and someone did just die, 
so it's probably fresh on his mind. So it's like I can buy it, and I also can't. And then 71 buildings just blew up and thousands of people died and you're being... Yeah, I mean, I know why they did it. They did it for that line, for that moment. It just felt like like a hair... Okay. Unbelievable. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Because I loved that moment when he was like, you know, I wish you were dead, so do I. Like, that was worth it. But I was sitting there like, ooh, the screenwriter really wanted that to happen. So like, I could tell. it hit you like 90% instead of like the full 100 yeah, like I was like I was like oh, but I wasn't like Ugh. like okay, yeah. that's fair. And but then, the acting was very like yeah. I really liked Rami Malek in this episode because he actually had range. I don't know if he was necessarily like at points it didn't feel like he was acting like he was just move. He didn't have to do a lot of talking this episode. I mean, he probably wasn't acting when he was hanging out with the kid because when you're hanging out with a child actor and they're just being a child, like yeah. you just go into that mode. That makes sense. So, and I, I mean... Because I, I thought they had great chemistry. Yeah, I mean, I really liked really liked that part. He gets him back home. Uh, the kid unlocks the fucking door. Immediately. Just goes straight up to the door, unlocks it, and he's just like... I love that Elliot doesn't even get mad. He's just like, you have the keys the whole time, and the kid is like, yeah. Like, he doesn't... Like, it's not even a thing. He's like, hey, thanks for taking me to the movie and everything. He's um, like hey, can I see you again? And I was like, <gasps> like, that was, that was the moment where I was like, oh God. Yeah. Fuck. And Elliot's he like, he lied to him like he lied to Darlene. No, and he actually told like, the truth. And he's like, yeah. I'll, I'll go take you to see the Martian. He's like, oh, you'll love it. Matt Damon's exceptional. And I had two thoughts. A, Matt Damon is pretty exceptional. Like, yeah, I mean, he is one of the top actors. Yeah. And B, I feel like you've already seen this freaking movie. I feel like you're you're saying that as, as he's great in the movie. You're gonna love it. I mean, you know, I don't think that that was the intent, no. but I can see how it would go that way. And this kid's just been lying with omission the entire episode, so he. I think he just wants to hang out with someone who's not sad. Yes, and as all kids should be able to. Like he's kind of close to his sister without. You know, necessarily. Oh, were we recording when we talked about Trenton? I don't know. Potentially. Okay, but... if we already if we said this at the beginning, I'm sorry, but when he was like, "Where were you born?" Well, no, it, I was well, like, it didn't just start with that because it's like, "Hey, did you know I can be president?" You oh, know? I love that. Like that was so good because the thing is, like that kid's never gonna be president. No, but he can be. Like, I mean, he's right. Nothing can stop him legally. You know? Yeah, like, he can technically be president. He's like, my sister couldn't, my parents can't, like, can you, like... And he's like, no, he's like, well, weren't you born here? Well, yeah, you know, I was born in whatever, New Jersey. Oh, me too. Like, what part? And then, I'll give it he's to like, you. Trenton, and I was just like... Oh, and then, like, it did hit <sighs> me, like, why she was at always talking about her brother and everything, why she thought it was going to hit him so hard, and why it did. Like, once you take where your brother was born, and you make that your handle? Like, it oh. makes sense. You know, like, I, I'm glad that they set up her talking about her brother so much, but, like, the way she talked about him, I thought he was going to be, like, an older, scary dude. Yeah, not a little, a little, little brother. Yeah, but, I mean, that, that was heartbreaking, but we get, we get back to the top, you know, he has a reason to live. So he's going to go spread that around to Angela. Well, no. there's To me, there's one more Easter egg. What? The lollipop. Who else really loves lollipops and can help move this story forward now? Dom. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so good. Because he's like, he's like, here's your sign of hope. Yes. And remember, I said in the last podcast, I was like, Dom's going to blow this wide open. Like, Dom's going to be the one. Oh my god, I love that. And because she's always eating on the lollipops and everything, he needs someone to give this information to that he just got revitalized from with and everything that he gets at the end of the episode. So, boom, here's a nice little way to say, hey, there's a good chance Elliot's going to be working with Dom. And it makes the oh, little I kid... Definitely, I, I don't think there's any way he doesn't. Yeah, and it was like a little kid being like, hey, you know, I was your doctor. I hope you feel better, and I can't wait to see you at our next appointment. But then, boom... Bridging you over to Dom. That's that's really good. I'm glad you brought that up. Perfectly done, I thought. Loved it. But now, 
I'll but let you now, take over. Can I just have a mental breakdown along with Angela about that shot? Go for it. All yours. Oh my good God. And I knew they were <laughs> setting up for it. Like as soon as I saw his side of the hallway, I was like, wow, that looks really cool. And then I saw her side of the hallway and I was like, ooh, that looks really cool. And I was like, oh my God, please, 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 please. And then they put it together and I actually paused it. Like I stopped it and just looked at it. I actually have a uh, freeze shot frame of that screen on my phone. Someone uh, captured it on Reddit. Please send it to me. I I got you. It's so fucking beautiful. And like that scene is so good. Like, yes. I really enjoyed it because, like, he wants to give up on her because that would be the easy thing to do. Well, and A, it's the perfect ro- rom-com, rom-dramatic rom, uh, drama scene. You know, you have the yeah. guy fighting for the girl. Whether or not they're trying to fight emo- like romantically for each other, emotionally they are. He's up against the door with his back literally against the wall. She does the same and everything, and you're having this moment. He's like, I just wish there was something I could say that pull you out. Because you always just want, like, one word, one trigger that brings him back. And he has the perfect story. It's like, let me show you how much I care about you by bringing up this childhood thing. I know. And it was just, like, the thing that was so well done. Like, I loved all the reactions from Portia were so good. And, like, when she first comes to the door, and she's just, like so frail and just like laying against it like yes. she wants so badly to just to fall do into it, but his... she she doesn't have the power and the agency to do it and like then... she cannot open that door no and so then like you get him like kind of walking away and just like no i'm not that asshole i am compassionate to people and so then he yeah, comes like, back i'm going to be the elliot that everyone loves and so, before we get into the wishing game, okay, it sounded very similar to a question that White Rose asked Angela when uh, he was interrogating her, when he asked her if she ever thought she could imagine or believe in something and it would become true by sheer will. And Angela said yes. And it kind of goes back to this game. Yeah. And so it's like, is there a way White Rose possibly knew about this? And that's how he was able to brainwash her. Because, you know, like this game was her with her mom that we saw three or four episodes ago. Hey, close your eyes now, Matt, because this isn't goodbye. You know, we're going to see each other again. I mean, if, if alternate timelines or time travel is a thing then I would be liable to say yes. But I think that it's just further proving, like, her as a character and their connection. I think that's what this moment's for. Okay. I think it's bringing Angela back to him. Yes, I think it is too. And I think it is how White Rose kind of brainwash and manipulate Angela, but I think they're unrelated in an odd way. Like, I think that they inform her character, and I think that it's a really clever way of making this scene convincing. Yeah. But I don't think that it's connected. I'll agree with you. And then, but then we just get this whole scene, and, like, it's draining. It's a mess. Like, yeah. I, I'm a mess watching it as, like, he's just like, you know, you, we would both wish for bigger rooms. You would wish for protractors, which I think we can all agree, protractors are, is a really weird wish. She wanted a lot of them. He was like, you just wanted a lot of protractors. Yeah, he's like, I never really understood it. Like, what are you going to do with more than one protractor? Wait, what? Um, have a friend for your pro- other protractor. Yeah, this was like, hey, I got you for the three times we're going to need to measure angles. I'm your person. It. And then he was like, I'd probably wish for a computer. Like, he didn't know, remember per se his stuff, but he remembered everything for her. Of course he did, because he was in love with her. Like, you know. But still, and like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, that's what made it so convincing for her and everything. Well, it was just so good. Like, it was so well written. It was so well acted. Like, like she, like, like, we get zoom ins of her just like that ugly cry where she's like arching her back and everything and no noise yeah. is coming out, but you're crying. 
Well, and when she was finally like, you know, he had that perfect moment where he was like, all right, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And she did. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just sat in silence for a while and then he left because like he knew that was enough for today. Yeah. Uh, So that probably was a multi-shot day. Yeah. God, could you imagine having to be like, oh yeah, we've only, oh, this scene again. Uh-huh. Like, excuse me while I go sit in a room and want to die for a while. Oh, I would have no interest in filming that. Mm-mm. And then I, th- and then when he just asked, "Do you remember what you would say to make it better for me?" And like, then, and she- that in that moment, it's like everybody's taking care of everybody in this episode. Like, in one way or another, that's all happening. Yes. From someone. So, you know, like. We had the scene where his dad is talking to her and he's like, well, please take care of Elliot. And that's something she's always wanted to do and felt like she should do. So by him putting her in that position Mm -hmm. was probably the perfect way to bring her out of herself for a second. Ooh, I like that. I didn't even think about that. And so like that brought her back to her normal mode, as you were saying. Say again. So like that brings her back to like her base floor now. It's like, oh, I'm taking care of Elliot again. Like this is normal. Like, this is a small step. Everybody is resetting. Yes. Right now, and I think what's interesting about this episode, like it's called "Don't Delete Me," which is like deletion is like you know a form. Like okay, so what's really good is we have the front of this episode where deletion means it's gone. Yes. And then we have the back of this episode where it's making way for something new. Because we have the last scene where he gets the email from Trenton where it says, I may have a way to undo the hack. So deleting things and resetting things isn't necessarily bad. And this episode was a palate cleanser. This was a reset episode for the season for the characters so that they can come back together and fix shit. Okay. And then, like, the last two things, like, to go to that email. One, just their attention to detail. Apparently Proton had a massive graphical update in, like, 2016 or 17. They used the 2015 version because, of course, they did. Because, of course, they did. <laughs> and Proton, also, this is the email service created by CERN. Do you know what CERN also created? What? A particle accelerator in Sweden. Could be happenstance because there are no, other. It's not. There That's are. What I- said it's the Hera proton accelerator there there are other companies that create encrypted emails and everything pro nope. that just happens to be one of the best ones nope you know i i thought you would like knowing that cern nope. is the same people that created this emailing address i am very happy okay i love being right <laughs> and i'm one step closer to being right maybe potentially if you could see the faces being thrown at me right now, everybody. But okay. And then the last thing was, I was able to get like a screenshot of the uh, email that she sent. Him. I knew that you would. Like I was gonna look up <laughs> one, and I was like, nah, he'll tell me. And pretty much what it's saying is Romero, our guy who had gotten out of prison and everything. Yeah. And uh, ended up getting shot at his mom's house or grandmother's house. Yeah, his mom's house. His mom's house. That character set up a keystroke. Hold on, let me try to find the uh, correct thing that he put on there. Installed keyloggers on all the computers at the arcade. And so, like, essentially, what that is is it uh, captures, I believe, all your keystrokes. And all of that encrypted data was in the hands of the MPD, and she was talking about how she might have intercepted it before it went to the FBI, or it could also be with the FBI. Which could be a big part of Dawn re-entering the scene and, like, maybe helping Elliot Elliot. to undo everything. Because she has all the files and everything. He has the keys for them to be able to do it so he can get immunity per, per chance. Ugh, just continuing with the great plot devices. Like, God, this show is just so much better than yes. all other shows. Like, like so much happened. Like, even which people wanted to call it a filler, fine. I didn't want to label it that just because so much really did happen, I thought. Even though it all revolved around one little circle. Yeah. We still somehow move forward better 
than most shows. Yep. Like, even though, like I said, it's still filler. Yeah. But it is important, useful, necessary, good filler. And I'll take that. Filler episodes are not intrinsically (laughs) bad. Like, not every filler episode is Dragon Ball Z, you know? Whoa. Don't don't hate on Dragon Ball Z like that. Okay, it takes thirty six episodes for someone to drop a spirit bomb. Like it takes a long time to get all of the uh, people's energy. All right. All right. It, it was more like thirty seven. <laughs> like actually. Yes, I remember waiting months for like that Frieza fight. Legitimately took two school years. Yeah, he's like. It gets a lot of, yeah, 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 and, like, people going blonde, and, like, I, 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 Like, going blonde, yes, but come on. Put some respect on it. They were going Super Saiyan. No, they were going blonde. Oh, that pains me. That, that pains <laughs> I, you, me. You know I know what it is. I but, know, you know, but, oh, how dare you. Anyway. And so, basically, I, I don't like going into, uh... Next week's spoiler episodes and everything, so I don't really feel like talking about that. Do you have anything else for the episode? No, I mean, that's... It was lovely. That is the word I will say. I'm still giving it, like, an 8.8. It was a fantastic episode. No, it was still very good. Like, it's it's, it's just so... It's such a change of pace that I feel like people can't even compare it to what's just happened. No, and I mean, what just happened, like, that was three of the most intense, epic episodes I'd ever seen. So, you know. Yeah. We just followed it up with, I don't know what, a very sad. Beautiful filler. Very sad, beautiful, well-written filler. Yes. So, go ahead. Feel free to let us know what you thought at Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at Podcast or on Instagram at the Austin Amazon. Oh, yeah, I am. There we go. Me.austin.amazon. That's me. There we go. If you want to look at pictures of my cat, she's got you on lock. I do. He's the best. <laughs> he, he is a pretty He's a Maine Coon. You should look at him. Massive. Yeah. Massive. Baby runt Maine Coon. That's somehow still massive. Yes. Or you can find us on Spotify, Bleed TV Podcast, Podbean, anywhere. We should be there. Feel free. Leave us a like and a comment. Until next week, I'm Cash. And I'm Larissa. Have a great night. Bye.